You're listening to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. Hello and welcome to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. This is the podcast all about location independence, time freedom, and living life on your terms. Each week we interview a new guest on the show, and today I'm sitting down with Adrian Ingham, the man in Chiang Mai who's crushing it on Kindle. In this week's episode, Adrian and I talk about Kindle Direct Publishing and the lifestyle business you can build with the platform. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 8 with Adrian Ingham. For show notes and more, visit ChrisTheFreelancer.com. Alright, welcome to the Chris the Freelancer podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm here with Adrian Ingham. Uh, You might know him as the guy who's crushing it on Kindle as we all like to say here in Chiang Mai. But yeah, I wanted to get him on the show. He's got a unique, I guess there's a few people doing, I guess, Kindle publishing, but you're like the first person I've ever met who, you know, has a legitimate business out of it. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, Kindle publishing is what I do, but not so many people are crushing it with Kindle, which is where (laughs) I'm a little bit different. Uh, but yeah, mainly I basically just sell Kindle books, which are eBooks uh, on Amazon, and that pays the bills. Sounds really simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I like to do on this podcast is I like to go into people's stories, and you weren't always crushing it on Kindle, right? So I want to go back to. I mean, you're quite a young guy uh, still. So like, let's go back to like high school. What were you were you thinking? Uh, what were you thinking in terms of career at that stage? Man, high school, I had no idea. <laughs> to be honest with you, high school, I was just into sport, uh, girls, partying. Yeah. Uh, same old kind of Australian shit, I suppose. We were just getting by, trying to pass. Yeah. And then I took a gap year, as most people in Australia do after high school. Uh, worked a bit, drank a lot. I uh, did a lot of thinking and decided that, you know, university might not be the right kind of path. And I just started kind of Googling how to make money online. I did a whole bunch of shit, really. I, I sold a bunch of stuff on eBay was the first kind of thing I did. And then, yeah, I somehow fell into Kindle. And it took me like maybe 12 months before I started actually making any money. Okay. And so what was, what I guess led you into online business? I mean, there's many things you could have done, but was it uh, something you read online or a particular mentor or anything like that? Uh, for me, man, I think it was a guy called Stefan Poleranos. He's the first guy that I kind of came across. Yeah. Uh, Canadian guy I didn't resonate with him too much he's very into like the Tony Robbins kind of super motivational righty rah stuff but mm. he was doing this Kindle method which was totally passive whereas with eBay I was having customer service I had to handle with stock yeah. uh, accounting refunds all that kind of stuff mm. Kindle seemed to be like totally passive and he sold it really well he made it seem like too simple almost Yeah. Uh, it was, he made it seem a lot more simple than it was but uh, he's the main guy. I've got to give him some props. He had a course called uh, Kindle Money Mastery, I think it's called. Oh. So I went through that. I was a member of that for a couple of years. It just teaches you sort of how to get started with Kindle. Uh, these days, it's good information. I found it to be a little bit outdated. That's why it took me a little while to sort of, sort of you know, work out what exactly works and doesn't work with Kindle. So there's a lot of trial and error back then. Uh, but he really kind of like led me on that path. And there's all these other inspiring people in that same Facebook group. There's a Facebook group for the course. And so there's other people in there that were making all this money online. And I'm like, wow, man, if they can do it, then I can definitely do it as well. Is that um, course still available today? Or Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I think it's something like $67 a month. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not bad. It's a decent investment, but I mean, it's paid for itself millions yeah, of times of over. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And um, is the the way you run your business now like it's has it expanded from I guess the principles he taught about in um... it has it has a little I've got my own sort of style of publishing these days I do similar things I have my own sort of criteria so to speak so the biggest thing when you're publishing on Kindle is for me I'm publishing nonfiction the biggest thing is picking the right niches to publish on yeah and so when I first started I found that I didn't know how to pick what was going to be a profitable niche. Um, and so through a bit of trial and error, I found my own sort of methods of picking what niches are going to be profitable. And that has really sort of shaped my Kindle publishing business, so to speak, working out what things are going to sell, yeah. what things aren't. And so that's probably the main way that mine differs. And also I find that a lot of people that go through his method of Kindle publishing, they publish a lot of really short books that aren't great quality. Yeah. So they're going to make money for maybe four or five months and they start getting negative reviews, etc. And then they don't make money long term. So I, I started off like that. I made some really terrible books to start with. And then I sort of moved into more the quality route. Okay. And what was with your motivations for getting into online business, was the location independence uh, a part of the reason why you're attracted to these sort of businesses or you just wanted to make money basically? I just wanted to make money. I mean, the location independence thing really didn't click until about nine months ago. Yeah. I'd already been, I'd already quit my job for probably six months before I figured out I don't need to stay in Melbourne. I can actually yeah. go other places. I knew that I wanted to work from home, but the fact that I could be working from like Thailand, I didn't know that other people were doing that. Yeah. It wasn't even like a, an idea to me. Okay. What were you, what work were you doing at the time? Uh, I used to work at a gym. So straight, actually during my final year of high school, I did my personal training qualification, my certificate three and four in fitness. I got a job straight out of high school. Um, I got two jobs actually. One was as a, a lifeguard at a pool which I did for a season and the other one was working at a gym in sales and also doing some personal training here and there um, so that wasn't a career option for me that was sort of like something I had a bit of a passion for was the fitness industry but that was never going to be the career but I stuck with that for three years and I guess you you enjoy doing the the Kindle publishing stuff or I guess you've stuck with it so have you kept focused on on that business and have you just been motivated by seeing the results and and just keep on going? Yeah, so when I first started, I was really motivated to kind of quit my job and that kept me going. As I said before, it took me about a year before I started actually making money with it, yeah. uh, at which point I kind of figured out what things work, what things don't, started making some money, um, quit my job, focused on it for a few months sort of full time, and then I got really kind of sick of it and I actually decided to stop publishing about 10 months ago. I hadn't published anything new. I was sick of it. I just focus on other stuff kind of let the passive income roll in I got really kind of lazy actually pretty complacent uh, I came out here again I came out to Thailand about four months ago I started doing some different sort of business models trying to get into some different stuff um, and then I decided you know what I'm going to start a new Kindle publishing account and I'm just going to publish a few books under it I thought I'd film the whole thing and just see how it went just to kind of um, show other people that you can still make money with it and so I've been filming it and it's actually really exceeded my expectations. It's doing incredibly well at the moment, this new Kindle account. And so that sort of got me re-motivated, but I had to take a nine, 10 month break off. I was so sick of it, but now I've kind of come back to it and I'm like refreshed, um, ready to go into it again. And when you say you filmed it, is that the, what you've put into your um, course, the Freedom Self Publishing? Um, or is that something different? It's something different. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do with this. I get a lot of, I've got a YouTube channel where I talk about a lot of Kindle publishing stuff and I have a, a training course, as you just said, Freedom Self Publishing. And a lot of people sort of ask, can you still make money with Kindle? It's a really common question. 
And so I thought, you know, I'll just film it and then I can show people that you can make money with it. So right now, I'm not too sure what I'm going to even use the video for. I might give it away just to my members as sort of a, a little thing to, sh to show them just a little video series. I might use it as some sort of a lead magnet. I'm not too sure, but it's been fun though. That's the main thing. Okay. And you said um, that when you first started out, it took like a year to become like uh, earn good money, right? Yeah. Was the launch of this new account, was that much shorter runway? Oh, much shorter. Yeah. Yeah, much shorter. So I've just published four books. Um, I made sure I was really strict with the niche selection. I uh, just followed all the steps in the publishing process. And it's just, yeah, it's absolutely exceeding my expectations. I was hoping to make around $500 Australian per month from this account yeah um i just checked my sales before the last two days i've made around 90 australian dollars each day from this account yeah. so it's gonna absolutely destroy my expectations it should make me you know two thousand dollars this month from four books which is going to be crazy okay yeah. and is does the money start rolling in as soon as you start publishing or is it take a while for it to so to be my, consistent my basic system is sort of like i publish a book at 99 cents and i actually spend a bit of money there getting other people to download my book uh, give, give it reviews do some promotional stuff i then run it through a free promotion so i give it away for free for about five days and then i increase the price well to two dollars and 99 cents and so i've only just put those books up to two dollars and 99 cents so they're just starting to bring me a return on investment now nice so it takes a little bit of time maybe four to six weeks before you start seeing a return yeah. And then it's just profit from there. What would you say to people um, starting out? What's a good time frame to expect to start? I guess you can start making money pretty soon, but making good money from it enough to live off is a much longer term thing. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, it depends what your goals are, how much money you need to live off. So when I first started myself, I was working part time. So for me, I just wanted to replace that part time income, which was $1,500 a month. So for me, that's a much shorter time frame than someone who's wanting to replace a six-figure income. So to get to sort of that $1,500, $2,000 a month mark for a beginner, I'd say three to four months if you're really serious about it. Three to four months. Okay, cool. And how many hours of dedication would you need for that or is it... It's, it's really not that many hours. It's more like the hours are spent at the start learning, but once you know the system, it really doesn't take much time at all. Yeah. It's, um, I outsource 95% of it. So if anyone's listening that doesn't like to write books, that's okay. I don't actually write books. I pay other people to write them. So I pay someone else to write the book. I pay someone to make the cover. I pay someone yeah. to get my reviews and do my promotion. I'm just mainly spending my time talking to virtual assistants and outsourcing things. So it really doesn't take a long time at all. Yeah, that's why I really am attracted to the business model because, for instance, I don't I don't buy a lot of physical products. So, like, the whole business model is based on... And, and people have asked me, Chris, why don't you get into dropshipping? And, yeah, I definitely considered it, but I don't know, something about having these physical products and all the kind of technicalities and problems that can come with that aren't that appealing to me, whereas I like the fact that you can make an upfront cost to make a book and then... It's a digital product. You just put it online and there's no delivery problems. They just click on the button and they get the book straight into their Kindle account, right? Yeah, pretty much. It seems almost kind of too easy, but yeah, it, it really is the best way, I think, is the digital route. I actually, you know, as I said before, I spent a couple of months out in Thailand um, working on a dropshipping store. Just I wanted to try something different. 
But the more I kind of learned about it, like it seemed there's potential to make money, but it's something, well, people say it's sort of a passive income. It's not really, you still have to handle with calling suppliers and dealing with customer service and being there to answer the phone, fulfill orders, do refunds, all that kind of stuff. And I was kind of thinking that's almost sort of a step back for me from the, the passive income route where it's digital products, where it's so hands off to go into something like dropshipping is almost, you know, it's a step back for me. Okay. Well, let's get into that. You, um, we've just basically been talking about the Kindle publishing thing so far, but since you've been successful at that, you've done a course and you've also looked at dropshipping and, uh, you just told me in the lift, you're looking at uh, Forex as well, foreign exchange. Um, so what, what do you, what is taking up your time nowadays and what are you focusing on? Yeah, it's been a bit all over the place. Actually, this year I've tried to tried too many things. Really, it's been good. I've kind of been able to figure out what I like and what I don't like, and what I should focus on, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, these days now I'm starting to focus on more Kindle publishing. I want to get uh, the Kindle income up quite high. As I said, it's quite passive. So by the end of the year, I'd like I'd love to be doing you know seven or eight thousand a month from Kindle, which would be you know six figure income from Kindle, yeah. and then just funnel that into other things such as the Forex. Uh, where you can put on a few trades a week, spend a few hours here and there. So I've just started learning about the foreign exchange because like my mate uh, Craig that lives in the same building here, you know, um, yeah. he's into it and he's been showing me some of his results and it seems like a really good way to invest your money and, you know, at a really accelerated rate, especially while I'm young and I can afford to be a bit riskier with my investment strategies. So I think I'll just focus on Kindle and then funnel some money into the investment accounts and then I may look into other sort of things down the road um, my course, Freedom Self Publishing, that doesn't take up too much of my time. Once that was up, it's kind of there. So I haven't done much in the way of marketing that or anything, which is something I need to do. But that's pretty much where my time's spent. So it's not, not a heap of hours per week working at the moment. And with, and with the course, I guess the business doesn't change too much, right? Like if you just follow the course, it's a pretty simple, straightforward process, I guess. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I mean, like, for your first time going through it, most people are going to lose money on their first book or two just while they really master the process. But at the end of the day, the steps are the same. It's just getting the systems in place, getting the understanding of how it works, and you just rinse and repeat. Yeah. Well, I guess full disclosure, I'm actually a a member of the course, and I've only just started and and watched, like, uh, a few of the videos but what, what's really funny, well, not funny, but um, uh, unique about um, your approach is, is there's no hype. <laughs> it's completely non-hypey. Like the, you go on the front page and, and you're like, hey, I make money from this business. I can show you how to do it. Yeah, just like click the button and you'll get in the course basically. And then you get into the course and it's like, let's talk about Kindle straight away. Whereas I've done or had a look at multiple like different courses and there's a lot of like hype, especially at the front end of like selling you on the course. But even like once you get in, like, I'm so excited you're going to be joining me here and we're going to be crushing it and all this stuff. And I, mean, I guess that's good getting people excited. But I think it was like your approach is very down to earth and not very hypey. I guess maybe that's an Australian approach or... Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. It's an Australian thing, 100%, in my opinion. Mm. Um, most of the guys out there, and I, I like watching them, the guys that talk about making money online or about personal development and all that stuff, but most of them are like American or Canadian, mm. and they can do that real hypey kind of marketing where they, they talk about dreams and goals and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> you, get, you know, you go to the seminars occasionally, and they're the ones that are like, say yes or yes, you know, like... They get you to stand up and jump on the chairs, that kind of thing. I just can't do that. 
I don't know. I, yeah. It's just not genuine. I could try it, but it would look really fake on me. I couldn't do it. So uh, yeah. I'm best to steer clear of that and just tell it how it is, I think. Yeah, it's a balance. I mean, you want to be engaging and, and get people excited, but I don't know. I've seen enough of them now that if somebody's overly hypey, it's starts to like trigger warning signs in my brain that this person's like overselling it and is it going to be you know i've read books where it's like 12 chapters and like 11 chapters are like personal development principles and then the final chapter is the actual business model you know there's so many so much information out there i don't really want to be sifting through fluff so i think that's good that you just get straight to the point with what you what you do in your course yeah for sure i think that having some sort of you know, goal setting type structure, um, some sort of, you know, reason for why you're doing what you're doing. Like, that's important and getting the right mindset. It's all important. Um, and obviously, you know, no business model is going to work without those kind of key things. But yeah, people definitely focus on that too much in some courses. I've been through plenty of courses. I read heaps of books that are just like all, all that kind of stuff and not enough of the actual meat, not enough of the actual information. So yeah, I think just giving it giving it how it is, telling it how it is, giving them the information. It's the way to go. And I mean, if people have the right mindset, they'll make it work. People make money just about any way you can imagine. I mean, out here in Chiang Mai, I've met so many people making money doing random things. Um, You know, once the mindset's there, you you can do anything, but you need to know the steps to actually go ahead and do it. What's some of the more random things that you found people making money from? I mean, Kindle publishing is unique. I guess like in the fact that I haven't met anyone else who's doing it, but it's not that much of a crazy business. It, you know, makes sense. It's a lot like a lot of people are selling stuff on Amazon. Yeah. Have you heard any interesting ways people are making money out here? It's just, I think interesting that we're all living in this same place, living a similar lifestyle, but we're doing it in so many different ways. So yeah, there's uh, Kindle, um, Amazon FBA, there's Amazon merch, like selling t-shirts um, drop shipping. There's a lot of drop shippers here. Yeah. People that are programmers, developers. I've met some people doing you know, forex, um, Bitcoin. There are translators here, um, but all these people are working online, and like you never know what someone's doing to make money. You know, you never know what they're going to say. And there's freelancing. Chris, the freelancer. That's a that's a big one as well. Um, people that are working in internships as well. Stuff like that. There's so many different ways people are making it work out here. And with the and with the drop shipping, you started a community here in um, uh, Chiang Mai. I mean, there was already a community, but you made a Facebook group for Chiang Mai dropshipping. Was that, uh, what was the motivation for that and, and how have you found that? Yeah, so I'm a big believer of getting around people working on similar things to yourself. Um, not so much to talk strategy or anything, like that can be helpful, but just to get around people with a similar goals. You can kind of keep each other accountable, uh, push each other. And so when I came out here, I knew that there were people doing dropshipping, but there wasn't sort of an organized meetup for those people. So I just made a Facebook group, um, Chiang Mai Dropshippers, and I just like mentioned it in a few of the Chiang Mai groups and a few of the dropshipping groups. And a bunch of people have joined. There's something like 100 members now. And so for a while, uh, we were doing weekly meetups every Thursday. We were just grabbing dinner and a couple of drinks and just having a, a general chit-chat. And so I met some awesome people through that that are doing it. Um, we ended up getting you know seven or eight people regularly showing up every week. But I think a few of the people that were coming were expecting it to be more of a strategy, get out the laptop kind of thing. <laughs> and so I know that you were, you were interested in the dropshipping for a while and so was another Aussie guy, Jesse, that was out here. And I think it turned into us three at one end of the table just drinking and talking shit. And then people at the other end of the table had their laptops out and they were showing each other their stores. And so 
um, it kind of fell apart a bit there. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, so the meetups haven't been happening, but there's still a Facebook group there, Chiang Mai Dropshippers. If you're interested in meeting other people, there's still a ton of people in there that are out here doing it. So Yeah, no, I would definitely recommend it to anyone coming out to Chiang Mai. Um, Sunia, who was on episode four of the podcast, when he arrived here, I was like, yeah, look, check out this Facebook group. And now, now he's just like <laughs> part of the boys, you know? He's joined, uh, he's joined the crew. He's joined the crew. Awesome. All right, so we've talked a lot about business. Uh, I guess I wanted to talk, talk a bit about the lifestyle stuff. And uh, what was your lifestyle like um, back in Melbourne? And then how did kind of the Chiang Mai thing come up? And how did you, I guess, discover that there was a community here? Or did you even know before you left? Um, okay, so that's I first came to Chiang Mai about 10 months ago. So that's when I first kind of discovered there was a community here. Um, so when I came back this time a few months ago, I knew there was a community. I was really excited to get back into it and be a part of it. Uh, but back in Australia, I was actually working a lot more at home. I was actually spending a lot more time working. Um, I think that could be another Australian mindset thing as well, where it's sort of the Aussie battler mentality where you should be working these really long hours and you should be putting in more work than the next guy if you want to make, make money or be successful. Um, you know, all my life I've grown up with my dad and my uncles, making decent money but they're always working really hard always up super early coming home super late so I had that sort of mentality that that's what I needed to do so I I worked a lot even when there wasn't really work to be done I just kept myself busy at home Uh, I started making some decent money and then I think it was about almost exactly 12 months ago now I I took a short holiday to Phuket with a friend and that was the first time I'd traveled while kind of making money from this and that's when it kind of clicked that hey I've had the best holiday of my life I could actually do this all the time like why can't this be my life now kind of thing maybe with less drinking and you know a little bit more work here and there (laughs) um but yeah then when I came home I think I just started looking up people that were traveling while working and obviously Chiang Mai seems to be the number one spot um I came across people like Johnny FD I came across the podcast that he has and um the blog as well I think a lot of people that are in Chiang Mai have come across his stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was I was kind of umming and ahhing about whether to come. I'd never travelled solo before. It was middle of winter in Australia. I was feeling pretty down and depressed. I hate winter. And I was like, I've just got to go. So I booked a, booked a plane ticket. Um, I came to Chiang Mai for one month. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to come back home, spend summer in Australia. And then this year I'd travel a lot. So I've been out in Thailand for four months now. So um, yeah, living the dream. Pretty much, yeah. And then, and when you were in Melbourne, did you kind of, uh, did you have a lack of that entrepreneurial community, and was that something that you were looking for in coming to Chiang Mai? Yeah, big time, big time. I've always had sort of an entrepreneurial streak myself. I mean, like in high school, I started selling stuff on eBay, I'd order stuff from China, and then sell it at school. Um, yeah. You know, I was always running some sort of little business or scheme, but none of my friends were really into that kind of lifestyle. And, you know, I found that being part of Facebook groups and stuff where people were doing similar similar things, that really got me motivated. And I thought, you know, what could be better than being around those people 24 hours, you know, yeah. actually being in that kind of community. So, yeah, when I came to Chiang Mai the first time, my mind was kind of blown a little bit. There was meetups every week with like 50 or 60 people coming to talk about the same stuff that I was really interested in. Uh, there are people out here that were making way more money than I expected, you know, to be possible mm-hmm. online. And like that, I think just being around the people here, it just changes your mindset. You get into so many more things, so many opportunities, just because you're around those people. So was it August last year that you were here for the first time? Or? Yeah, it was uh, mid-August till mid-September. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
because I remember listening to your um your podcast episode on on Johnny's podcast and yeah that was I remember listening to that and I was like wow that's almost a year ago but you kind of alternate back between Thailand and Australia now is that kind of how you do things or yeah well this is my first sort of prolonged long kind of trip out here so I'm thinking I'll spend six months or so every year sort of traveling at least and then I'll get back to Australia for summer every year I'll get back for uh, late September, mid-September, just for Aussie Rules finals. Uh, watch that, grand final. Then I've got my birthday in October, and then I'll just stay for all of summer, uh, stay for Christmas, and then come back traveling again, maybe February. All right. Did you, do you watch the final live, or is that like at the stadium, or is that hard oh, to get into? It's pretty hard to get into, but oh, if okay. Sydney makes it, I might have to go. <laughs> we'll see. Sydney is your team? Yeah, Sydney Swans. They're, they're doing, doing well, aren't they? I don't really follow the sport. They're doing very well. We're going to win it all. <laughs> crush it. Crush it. Crush it with football. Crush it with football, yeah. Okay, cool. So you've been... Where are the places you've been? You've done... Been to Phuket, Chiang Mai. I guess you haven't moved around too much, have you? But you've still seen a bit of Thailand. Have you been outside of Thailand? You've worked outside of Thailand as well? Um, uh, I've been to Bali at the start of this year just for a two-week holiday once again. So I wasn't really working there. You know, I was making money. I checked my sales every couple of days, but it wasn't really working so much. Reply to the occasional email. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then when I came out here, I came out at the end of February and I went to Koh Yang for one month, um, which is like the crazy full moon party island. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent a month there, which was really good fun. Then I came to Bangkok for just five days. I went to Kuala Lumpur for a few days, uh, then up to Chiang Mai, and I've been here since. And then I'm going to Phuket next week just for a week off kind of thing. Not really to work, but just to see some friends from Australia, party up a bit. and Yeah. yeah. And then once that's over, is it time for the um, football finals in Australia? No, not quite. I'll still have another six, eight weeks. So I'm not too sure where I'm going, actually. I'm thinking maybe Vietnam for a couple of weeks and then maybe Koh Lanta, Koh Phangan, just for a month. Awesome. Just to chill out on an island. Um, I need to have a rest. You know, Chiang Mai is good fun, but it's uh, it's getting a bit too social for me where I'm getting out a bit too much, not getting enough done, not looking after myself enough. So it'd be good to kind of have a month of just relaxing before I head home. Yeah, I mean can be almost too social here like yourself i didn't find a lot of people that were kind of into this whole digital uh you know entrepreneurship and freelancing back home and when i came out here i was hoping to meet people but it's been there's so many <laughs> people to meet and there's so many different groups and stuff it's almost yeah i've been taking a step back from it the last few weeks and just like focusing on work it's almost uh too much but I do, do I really do appreciate that having that there because I, I really love the community here um, and yeah as part of the reason why I encourage people to come out you know anywhere in Southeast Asia or anywhere in the world is like the more people out here the more communities we build and in, in you know in new locations there'll be new co-working spaces opening up and there'll be more places to go where you can you know have be in a new environment and, and plug in with a community i mean like it was a co-hub uh two a few months ago and that is just yeah it's just crazy you get there and um the only expats there during low season especially uh people uh, that either run restaurants or some kind of tourist business or uh, digital nomads and um yeah it's great to sort of plug into that community um so yeah, I can definitely recommend uh, Cohub in Koh Lanta. 
And then there's also this new one called Beach Hub, which opened up in Copenhagen. And I've been reading a lot of stuff about Copenhagen as like the next kind of boom city, uh, boom, not really city, but you know, boom place to go. And yeah, there's a lot in Thailand. I think Thailand is just, it's a good mix of everything and the internet's good. It's like better than Australia. It's way better than Australia. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was really surprised about that when I first came across. I was thinking, oh, it's sort of like a developing third world country. The internet will be really bad, but it's it's about 10 times faster than what I get at home at a minimum. So It's ridiculous, eh? Like you're saying, the community is really growing. I was hearing about that beach hub place in Koh Phangan. I think it opened up just as I was leaving. Um, But when I was there, there wasn't too much of a community. It was sort of... Mm. A few people here and there working, but for the most part, that island where I was at least was just all backpackers. So if there's a better community there, it would be an amazing place. It's such a beautiful island. That's the one thing I think Chiang Mai is missing is just a beach. If it had a beach, I don't think I'd ever leave. (laughs) And then there's also um, uh, Ho Chi Minh City apparently is is quite entrepreneurial. Um, So... Yeah, I guess that that's on your list as well. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to Vietnam, but I'm not much of a big city guy. Like, I spent five days in Bangkok, and that was about four days too many. Um, it was nice to see it, but I, I don't think I could live in a big crazy city like that. And I've heard that Ho Chi Minh's even crazier. So, uh, with that being said, I'll give it a go for a little while and see if I like it. But I really like having a place that's sort of like Chiang Mai, really, where there's you can go out and you can there's nightlife there if you want, but you can also stay away from it and it can be a really nice, quiet, relaxing place as well. Okay. And given that your business is quite passive and you have a lot of this, you know, free time, time freedom, uh, freedom to do what you want, what kind of do you fill your days with and what's kind of your interests and, yeah, your lifestyle around work? Okay, well, lately it's been, like I was saying, a bit too social where I'm going out a bit too often. <laughs> like, you know, you're out with us last night. Yeah. Um, yeah, so lots of the days lately have been pretty lazy days by the pool and just kind of recovering. Um, but ideally, I'd like to do a bit more of what you do where you're actually in a structure where you're getting up at a certain time, getting to bed at a certain time. I was doing that at the start of my trip and it slowly sort of unraveled as I've mm. become more and more social and gotten to more different groups out here. Um, but yeah, I'd like to focus on more things like, you know, fitness. That's probably my number one passion is fitness and health. Awesome. Um, you know, get back into the gym, training properly, uh, reading, traveling, doing some fun stuff, and also looking into, you know, new business opportunities as well, such as, you know, the currency trading. Um, I've got a few ideas for things down the track that I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that I'd like to explore. And you mentioned that nine-month break from Kindle that you had earlier. Was Did you have a particular focus during that time or... Yeah, well, during that time, I was actually getting, I actually got quite sick at the, I kind of, I quit my job in February 24th, uh, 2015 was my last shift and everything was awesome for about two months after that. Then I started getting a bit, a bit under the weather. I wasn't too sure what was going on. Um, I had to go on some heavy antibiotics for a little while and that after, after the antibiotics, they sort of messed me up. It took me a while to figure out it was the antibiotics that had messed me up. Um, but I developed an autoimmune condition called Graves disease, which is like it affects the thyroid. So I don't have that bad, but I I had that and it took me a long time to actually get diagnosed with that. So I was having a lot of symptoms. I had like low energy. Um, I couldn't control my temperature. I'd like feel like I'm going to have a heart attack, like palpitation, stuff like that. And so I kind of like spent a few months a bit real, really down and depressed. Um, I went to Chiang Mai like in August just to kind of get away from winter and, you know, get around this community. And that was really good. Then I came back and just kind of focused on my health for a few months. So that was, I wasn't even thinking about work. 
I was just kind of like working on the diet, working on, um, you know, doing some like herbal medicines, that kind of thing. For four months, I didn't drink at all, which was a bit of a challenge uh, knowing me. But uh, yeah, so I managed, managed to get through that. And then I was kind of pretty much all good on the mend when I came out here this time. So um, yes, yeah, so that was one, one part of the reason for taking a break from Kindle. Plus, I was also kind of, you know, sick of Kindle publishing. So having that big break did me a lot of good. It was quite an introspective time as well. So got to figure out what I wanted to achieve, what things I want to do with my life. And a big part of that is you know, coming out here, doing this kind of stuff, traveling. And you've also, um, I don't know how recent it's been, but you're on YouTube now, Driven Living. Um, it'll be linked up in the show notes for sure. Um, and also the blog. Was that just uh, something that where you wanted to share with people um, what you're up to and your journey um, and sort of inspire a few other people? Yeah, well, the main inspiration for it really was I decided I should release my own sort of Kindle product, which is what I do with Freedom Self Publishing. And so I figured if I'm going to have this product, I should put myself out there a little bit and kind of show people that um, I'm a real guy and, you know, build some sort of a following from that. Yeah. So I just kind of got the camera and started just talking about Kindle publishing and uh, then that's transitioned into talking about uh, the whole digital nomad type thing, talking about basically anything that I find interesting, anything that I'm doing. Um, and I just, I more do it for myself than anyone else, to be honest. I kind of enjoy just putting my thoughts out there in a blog post or... Um, in a YouTube video, it helps me stay accountable. Um, I used to be really into like movie making and stuff when I was growing up, but I haven't really spent much time on the editing of my videos. I'm not as professional as you are with your with your videos. I'm not quite on your subscriber count, but um, that's something I'd like to focus on a bit more is making them a little bit more professional. But it's something I just kind of enjoy more than anything. Yeah. yeah. So I used to spend a lot more time on that. I haven't spent too much time lately putting out new content. Um, I feel like. I don't have that much to talk about at the minute. It's just kind of, I don't want to put out videos just for the sake of putting out videos. Yeah. Which I think is a big challenge for a lot of YouTubers. They put out a lot of junk just because they want to put out a new video. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think when I'm traveling a little bit more, I'll have some more content to put out. I'll try and put out a few fun videos here and there. And I don't know, it's just cool to be able to look back in like 10 years time and be like, that's where I was back then. That was what was going on in my nice. lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean about the, the sacrificing quality for... Uh, of like the topic and you know of, of what you're talking about and what you're delivering on video compared to the consistency because I've looked at you know I've had a few um, professional YouTubers on the show and they have to consistently put out content in order to you know have an income um, yeah. you know they can't just rely on their back catalog of videos helping them and it's all it's a business based on uh, you know subscribers so you know a lot of them will watch anything you put out but I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. I only want to put out stuff where I'm inspired to make the video and I think it's going to be really valuable. For instance, doing a daily vlog or even holding myself. I try to hold myself accountable to doing a video a week, but that's definitely dropped off. Yeah. And um, yeah, even launching this podcast now is like, that takes a bit of work as well. So I was quite busy um, recently getting this up and running, but yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm going to be traveling more hopefully in the future. So yeah, there's going to be more videos on the channel, hopefully. Yeah, I'll be looking out for those. But yeah, I've got, I've got mad respect for the daily vlogger guys. I've been watching a lot of um, Casey Neistat lately. Oh yeah, I love him. And I mean, he's running all these companies. He gets up at like 4.30 a.m. to edit these videos and he just makes them so professionally and like every day seems amazing. But 
that must take so much time and energy. Absolutely. Like I've done a couple of daily vlogs and it's just, you're constantly thinking about, oh, what should I do for the next shot? Oh, should I get the camera out now? And it just takes like a little bit of extra time. It just adds time to every single one of your activities. So to do it every day, and some of these guys do it every day for years, like, that's so crazy. Yeah, no, definitely I love Casey Neistat. Um, and he's a filmmaker. So he'll make a video that's, he focuses super high on the quality, you know, like, a lot of people like that have a daily vlog, you know, they'll just, you know, whip out the camera and talk to it for like, you know, five minutes or whatever. But he incorporates his whole life and edits it in a professional way and chooses his shot selection. And I just think that is crazy having because I do it, you know, like weekly is the most I can do it for sure especially yeah. the way I edit stuff and have like the flow. I have this flow with music and it, it, it works over the course of a week, but for a day, it'd have to be a pretty packed day for me to like make something really interesting out of every day. I don't think my days are interesting enough to like warrant a daily vlog. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll get there, but right now, like some of the days are pretty boring to be honest. They're just pretty standard days where I go and sit down for a few hours and work and that's the day. Yeah. Like no one wants to watch that. Yeah. I, I think there would be, there is a small market of people that watch that. I mean, I think um, part of the reason why people watch uh, vlogs is they just really uh, admire and inspire the person. So they almost will watch, and I know it as well. Like I wouldn't, probably wouldn't be watching Casey Neistat if he wasn't somebody I admired and look, looked up to and somebody that I kind of looked at his, uh, look at his life as appealing, you know? some people for instance some uh you know youtubers or snapchatters or whatever i'll just watch all of their stuff and and you never know when you're going to get like a gem of wisdom or something you know but um yeah no he's he does the quality super well and consistency and that's why he's killing it on youtube <laughs> crushing it on youtube crushing it on youtube yeah i might have to hire someone to just follow me around with a camera and do it for me oh man if i had the if i had the money i I'd, I'd like want to do like crazy good production there's a guy called um timothy mark who just started he does um online courses yep. um he's actually from melbourne as well um and uh yeah he's recently started as a vlog series where um he has like a camera crew follow him follow him around and it's like legit like good production like color grading and you know like uh you know proper microphones and all this stuff um and i'm like wow like i love creating video content and that'd be awesome to do that like one day but you'd need like plenty of money for that yeah it's like um i watch a bit of gary vaynerchuk as well and he's hired this guy called d-rock to just yeah. follow him around and make videos of him yeah which i mean what a cool job for d-rock to have but it'd be it'd be cool to have you know look back in 20 years time and you've got all these daily vlogs of what you were doing you know on that day 20 years ago and see yeah. where you're at where your mind was at where things were that's the coolest part for me is just being able to look back and be like oh that was what happened at that time nice yeah all right, well, we've gone off on a crazy tangent here with the vlogging thing and the YouTube stuff. But um, wrapping up, like, what, what advice would you give to, to, to people like starting out that want to get in, want to make money online, maybe want to have, uh, you know, passive income, a lifestyle business? Um, would you recommend everyone to look into Kindle, for example, or try and find the business that is right for them? Uh, definitely find what's right for you. So, um, I think if you're going to stick to, to choose something, you have to, the biggest thing is stick with it for a decent amount of time. Like I said for myself, it took around 12 months of consistent effort before I really started seeing a return 
on what I was doing just because I had that learning curve there. But once you've gone through that learning curve and you understand what you're doing, uh, you can make money with just about anything. You know, it could be drop shipping, it could be Kindle publishing, it could be uh, freelancing, all these kind of things. You just have to stick with it for like a considerable amount of time. And, and obviously, I mean, Kindle's good for some people, but I don't recommend getting in unless you're willing to lose a few hundred dollars when you first start. I get a few people that contact me wanting to somehow replace their income overnight, but they don't want to spend any money. They don't want to treat it like an actual business. And so if you've got no money to spend and you can't make a sacrifice to spend some money to invest in a business, then Kindle's probably not for you. You might want to start with something like freelancing where there's not the upfront cost. Um, on the other hand, if you have a lot of money to invest, you might want to look into something that's a bit more capital intensive like Amazon FBA, um, maybe starting up some sort of a larger business. But um, it depends on your personality as well. I mean, for you personally, I know that you like to have the security of having a job kind of thing, kind of situation there where you've got guaranteed money coming in and then work on something on the side. So it depends on your personality, what you're comfortable with, how much money you have and how serious you are. But the main thing is just to choose one thing and just stick with it. Yeah. At the same time, though, I am I do identify as quite a risk adverse person. But one thing that I'm trying to do is, you know, entrepreneurs take risks. You know, they do. And um, I've had two people recommend me this now. I don't know if you've seen it as well, but uh, Dan Kennedy's Wealth Creation Seminar. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that, yeah. Yeah, and I was listening to that and he talks about your relationship with money and kind of having, I guess, these mindsets and behaviors that are kind of like an abundance mindset when it comes to money and, you know, like treating money you know your mental relationship with money needs to be in a good space for you to like attract it so yeah i'd recommend people check that out but one of the things i learned from that is i need to take more risks and that's something that you know i'm trying to focus on and and, you know in sort of becoming more entrepreneurial myself but yeah like i guess you got to have faith in the beginning that it's going to work otherwise you don't uh don't do it or i I guess at least you get a learning experience out of it when you start a new business you know yeah the the learning experience yeah that's fair i mean i feel like i spent a couple of months working on drop shipping and i didn't make a successful store but i feel like i now understand that model a lot better i went through that learning curve and i feel like if I wanted to get back into dropshipping, I sort of, I know now, I know I have those skills to build a website and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, just sticking to, sticking to, you know, one model, taking some risks and, you know, really going all in is the only way you're going to actually achieve a large amount of success online. But it's the best place to fail is online. I mean, <laughs> you know, the amount of money we're talking about losing compared to like a brick and mortar business it's really minimal. At the end of the day, you're not risking that much. So you, you can afford to risk a bit online and it's really not going to be the end of the world for most people. All right, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for coming on the show, Adrian. No worries, man. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about Adrian, as well as everything else we've talked about in today's episode, you can find all of that information and more in the show notes. Just head to christofreelancer.com slash podcast slash Adrian dash Ingham. That's christofreelancer.com slash podcast forward slash Adrian. That's A-D-R-I-A-N dash Ingham. I-N-G-H-A-M. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and we hope to see you in the next episode with another digital number.